Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. Hi, kids. Oh, we're recording. <laughs> yes, we're recording. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of out just, of it today. We just set up that whole thing. Okay, well, hi. Um, I'm Martir. I'm C. Tepper. And this is Wigging Out. March edition. Uh, March edition. Um, after a uh, treacherous February for me. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty bad for everyone. Well, it was definitely worse for you. I mean, yeah, I was going to say. you want to talk about that? Yeah, I could, um, I had Corona again. Part two. <laughs> Part two, electric boogaloo. Um, so that was fun, but I'm recovering now. She's I'm alive. Barely, but I'm here. But yeah, um, welcome to um, year two of quarantine. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it's it's been a year. Uh, but um, unlike last year, we're still recording during this time. Um, yeah, that's true. Because we just stopped recording. I know. <laughs> the world ended. <laughs> um, I think we should introduce our guests. Who are we doing today, Caitlin? I agree. Um, so all the way from another digital show, Dragbox TV, we got Sissy Walken. Hey, hello, hello. Our New York Sissy. Our New York Sissy. <laughs> New York Sissy. Wait, where's the other ones and who are they? Oh, <laughs> We don't know. <laughs> oh we don't have friends. That's true. I would like to say that I'm very honored to be New York City's one and only Veronica Green lookalike. Oh, I was like, should we even talk about that? Because I feel like no one cares about Veronica anymore. I love her. I want her to win. She's coming back. Yes. I know, but, I, but I, I heard, you know, Birch is going to be on. So like. Oh, that's some tea. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, it's gonna be crazy. I'm shocked they would. Let, well, they're like more um, lax with um, not letting trans people on, like outside of the U.S. Even with RuPaul there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're like more relaxed about that. But besides Gottmik, but that doesn't count. Um, it's weird. Yeah. So I hope Juno does get on. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I, I don't know who I said it to, um, but I said that you look like Veronica Green or vice versa when I was watching. Um, I think the Cats musical one, that's where I saw it the most. But, or the Rats I'll take musical. It. I'll take it. You know, for all these years, people were like, oh, you're like a little Laganja, but not a dancer. And I was oh, like, oh, I don't no. do that at all. That's the worst. I, I don't like, do that like in any way. Oh, I, I got it. A little bit when I first started dragging, I was like, "Gross." I don't Gross. see it. <laughs> All no. right. So our first topic: How has life been in the year of this pandemic? Obviously hard. <laughs> um, I feel like you've been busy, though. You know. Uh, I do that because it's the only way I work. Uh, I, I just couldn't not do anything. Um, I wasn't going to let coronavirus rob me of, like, the path that I had set for myself. Mm -hmm. um, like, no, I wasn't going to... I wasn't going to stop for nobody. Um, or no virus. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I guess I've been busy. Um, I also feel like I haven't applied myself in the same way I wanted to. And I feel like I was just watching... You don't need to, like, put stress on yourself, though. No, I do think there's so much, like... Oh God, I was home all this time. Like I didn't do so much of this stuff, right? Like I'm currently, yeah. as you can tell behind me, going through a clean out of this. Ah, it looks here. Good. No, look at look at all these wigs got to go up on a wall, and I just haven't done. You know what I mean? And I'm like, damn, these are projects I've been sitting on for months. And but uh, better late than never. Yeah, just um, honoring the process and honoring the journey um, is really the lesson of quarantine <laughs> i agree yeah. uh, it's but it's it's a challenge and it's a learning experience and i am um seeing a therapist now i have been oh, for a good. few months and uh it feels great that's um, important mental health number one yep yeah and uh yeah obviously nothing's perfect or fixed yet but uh 
you know, what are you going to do? You just got to keep... You got to keep chugging along. Got to keep going. Yep. (laughs) Um, And yeah, uh, just setting priorities straight too, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. something like healthcare has become a real um, glaring, like, priority for me in my future. And Mm -hmm. I'm making steps and choices based on that. Um, I I understand 100% on that one. (laughs) And then putting yourself first, you know? Mm -hmm. That's also kind of what Corona has taught us is, like... You cannot be waiting for anybody. You yeah. have to. You have to chart your own path and go your own speed, and just worry about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is such good advice. <laughs> uh, no, because like I was taking say, down notes. <laughs> I was gonna say I've had such bad FOMO lately because I've seen like girls that I like started out with like getting on TV and like shooting magazine covers and shit during corona and i'm just like what have i done except get sick twice (laughs) (laughs) i think everyone has their own their own story and it's at their own different times and um you can choose for like you can choose to like compare your story to others or you can like make your chapters as um exciting as possible while you're living it you know um but you, you can't sit still anymore either. And that's mm. like, look at all this little bit of time that we have to do the things we want. Like, mm-hmm. that's true. If we want to do them, let's do them. Um, why, why, why are folks, I don't know, why is the, why is the drag community so slow mm-hmm. to respond to some things? Why are, why are drag artists so, so reluctant to change? Uh, it's it's something I see everywhere. I question it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been like a real light about this business. Who do you want to work with and why? That's so true. That is some That's deep, cheap. deep thoughts. We're getting deep <laughs> early in the podcast. I know. I'm like, I I'm not sorry, I smoked a lot of weed this morning and I'm in my feelings. And I support it. I it's, my, it's, my weekend, it's my weekend off. So I'm like. Oh, yay. You're spending it with us. <laughs> um, when I smoke, I am like non-functional i i had to do it late at night because otherwise i will not do anything <laughs> oh i was in the middle of four different tasks before this started and i was like i gotta sign on i, gotta. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. so starting from the beginning i feel like your italian heritage is very like important to you and i know you grew up in baltimore i believe no i grew up no? in new jersey no new I'm, jersey. A Jer- I'm a jersey girl through and through I'm okay jersey. jersey but if i had to pick obviously i'm picking the north we ain't going with those <laughs> in jersey crazy Ooh. what crazy. part of jersey uh it's somerset county so if you put okay. your right where you think the middle is that's where i'm at gotcha gotcha, gotcha. um and uh yeah i love I love my hometown and like the area because it's so sentimental to me, but mm-hmm. most of my family has kind of moved out of the area or gotcha. is moving out. Um, the town has changed dramatically. Um, they have, their local government has really been destroyed by the Republican party. Yeah. Um, I, it's like, Jersey's a very strange place right now. Yeah. People are like, no, Jersey's blue. And I'm like, yeah, mm. on the, when it matters, but Jersey. Yeah. Jersey doesn't show up for local elections. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why these school boards are so messed up. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's a shame. I feel like my political activism makes me want to go back home. But like... Sometimes it's a lost cause. I'm from Staten Island. It's a, it's a lost cause. cause. Like, there's I'm just nothing like, you could do. <laughs> I just don't think... You know, I don't... Why am I... It's like going back to... Uh, your um your abuser you know what i mean it's like going back to it's going back to that person that did you wrong for so long and thinking that like you can fix them yeah (laughs) yeah you can't fix them you know they're going to be who they're going to be i got i got the gay version of the not in my backyard you can be gay just not in my house oh no Um, you know and that's something that queer people i think deal with a lot as children where like you're friends with kids whose families may not be okay with it Mm -hmm. and how does that kid deal with that friendship knowing that their parents aren't accepting of it yeah um you know i just finished up nannying a five-year-old and you see so much variety in these children and the way they express themselves Mm -hmm. um and then you see some of these parents and some of these attitudes and you're like "Mm, we may not be as far ahead as we think we are oh no 
no, definitely not. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I like to, if you haven't been able to tell, I like to like take the world and experience it and learn it. You don't see me much on social media. I'm not that girl. Mm-hmm. You know, I post my things and I actually have the picture to post after this, but I'm not that, I'm not that queen. I'm not showing you every bit of my life. I'm not making oh, yeah. content like crazy. I'm like soaking in the world because then you can use what you learn in a positive way instead of mm-hmm. a superfluous way that just disappears in a few minutes. So or- what got you into drag? Um, I've always loved like fabulous, gorgeous women, um, (laughs) in like beautiful dresses with stunning hair. Um, I guess, uh, Vanna White and Susan Lucci were like, like full on, uh, like TV icons. I saw them like every day growing up. Shania Twain, Celine Dion, Beyonce were like the, the, uh, Britney Spears were people I listened to as a kid that like Mm -hmm. really, uh, had me falling in love with the female voice, the female image. And, um, I was, I, you know, I had spent many years working in the theater and I still do work in the theater from time to time. Yeah. And, um, I was already learning how little, um, of a path there was for me. What did you want to do? Obviously like act, I guess. I'm a, I'm a singer and I'm a storyteller. Okay. So I love the art of musical theater and I love the art of cabaret and mm-hmm. I love telling story through song. Um, whether that is through the context of a musical, whether that is through a solo show, mm-hmm. uh, a, a song set, um, very much it's about storytelling and weaving your story through your work. Um, and I just wasn't finding that characters in Broadway shows for people my age, my build, my voice mm-hmm. don't exist. My experience, my story doesn't exist on yeah. Broadway. Um, and if it does, it's so it's it's so few shows, and then there's so many of us gay guys, and we're like I know. Yeah, those roles. And yeah. then you're not going to get seen for some of that stuff. And it's like, it just felt like you were really, again, playing into that hand of the person who treated you like shit for so long. And mm-hmm. then you're like, no, I'm just like, I'm just saying like, no to that BS. Like I blaze my own pathway for my life instead yeah. of like, following an idea of what I learned in theater school and before, you know, I can be whoever I want. And I, discovered drag through the local scene here in new york i mean i didn't really go to the bars in college i went to college at marymount manhattan for musical theater oh right next I, to hunter <laughs> right next to hunter that's where i went and, yes i did did i not know that i felt I like I, did so. not know, I don't think i knew that about you that's amazing uh we probably like crossed paths and had no idea no because oh no wait no wait i'll pretend we did <laughs> but that's because you look so fucking young i don't <laughs> yeah so um yeah uh went there and i actually worked a lot in college uh like part-time work like i was doing a lot in retail at the time and really thought for a moment that that was where i was going to build my money on the side while i was being an actor and then um my priorities shifted because i was working at um the hangar theater one summer and um, I really realized like, oh, wow, there is such like a path for yourself to make. There is like a uh, a vision of me that I can grow to see uh, or I can ignore it. And I chose to be the person who I wanted to be and the artist I wanted to be from that experience. And I was doing retail. I was working at Saks Fifth Avenue selling men temporary. I was selling. That is some good. Um, what is it? commission <laughs> no no um, it wasn't commission based it was commission based but it was not good oh, um, sometimes it was good and sometimes it was not and you really yeah. were working for your checks and it was really oh that sucks i, I mean you're you're talking about a retail market big box retail dying um yeah, and high-end stuff that people can buy online anyway um and so if you're you know and they didn't want you to participate in the online stuff because they had inventory in the stores they needed you to move mm-hmm. Um, I was really, I I was, I was really like 
thinking that was going to be the thing. And then it wasn't. I left Saks and I went to work at, um, where did I go after Saks? Did I go to Ralph after Saks again? I, I was working at Ralph for a moment. Then I went, I left Ralph to go to Saks. And then I don't know if I, if that's how it worked. I don't remember the exact timeline. Worked oh, at a bunch of places. <laughs> Eventually said F it. And I, uh, started working, uh, in restaurants um and then um i was working at alice's teacup for a little bit oh, i was working <laughs> i was working for today ticks for a little bit oh another good job i mean i don't know if it's a good job but i like and, those <laughs> um and then i booked my tour and then i booked my tour and that and was, was also doing works, I was right? also, yeah i was doing background okay. work before that too i was like doing film background stuff and some cater waiter stuff, which actually I just got on to another, um, what are they called? Those lawsuits, um, uh, class actions where, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, I just, uh, one of the catering companies I worked for wasn't paying us tips and I knew they weren't <gasps> doing it anyway. Oh um, my God. Cause I've done some <laughs> similar work and that's horrible. I got reached out to from some lawyers, uh, and I filed a claim. I'm not going to get much money, but yeah. I, yeah, good. Uh, thank you. I'll take it. Thanks for yeah, some. Whatever percent. it is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's that. And so then I booked this theater works tour and that's where really, really, really life was like ch changed because I did not think I wanted to go on a theater works tour because I thought you had to take your equity card and I was not about to take my union card knowing that I was not going to do a lot of union based work. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, uh, I was like, I'm going to stay in New York. I'm going to be in New York. And then I got this chance to like drive around America. And we went from here to St. Louis, to Dallas, West, uh, to, uh, Telluride, Colorado, down to Vegas, all up California, uh, okay. basically up to Alaska in fucking Washington state. Then we drove all the way back West through Wyoming and Kansas. And I got to see Mount Rushmore and, uh, it was the most literally cool six months of my life. And wow. I want to torse again, like crazy. Um, but, you know, Corona. Um, I played two girl characters. I played the mom and I also played the Wicked Witch. Um, and I was playing this role for children and people would be like, are you a boy? And I would just say yes. And they'd be like, okay. <laughs> and I, that's actually where a moment in my life where it changed where I was like oh my god like this is our future here like these they are really like not phased by this and grown ups are so phased by this yes um and I just kind of thought to myself well I feel like that gender expression that I wish I had in my life I wish was there and I want to make that a part be part of this thing happening yeah like this thing called drag that is blowing up in the electric age and um i really think that i can still i'm not done yet but eventually change lives through that right um i i, I could as a tya actor and who knows what else is gonna come yeah so how did you come up with the name sissy walker um so I wanted something that was like more like a in your home kind of a name, not like uh not like a name that was very vulgar, uh, which my mind tends to words. <laughs> um so I wanted to like watch out for that. So I yeah. tried to pick things that also paid homage to like my history. So at one moment I was gonna do something called Sandy Hills, which was um my uh my mom and my grandmother are both named sandra so i thought like playing on that would be cute but then i was like nah and mm -hmm. then i i you went by sicily at first sicily walk-in and because i like the sicily is homophony with um italy and then i remembered i'm from naples so <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't use that one and I was at the bar and I was kind of like just call me sissy and it actually hit me at first I kind of was like oh I don't know if I want that and um someone from the cast I was touring with also said it and it also made me go Ugh. 
And I had a coming to Jesus moment where I was like, you know what? No, I was called a sissy for so long by so many people and it made me feel terrible and I let them have that power over me and it fully dehumanized me and made me feel small and I'm taking it back. And that's how we landed on this. And I, I'm not changing it. I kind of like my last name, Walken, because if you s rearrange some of the letters, you start to spell my last name or can get close to it if you break the W in half and split it around. And uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it was kind of nice. I was kind of, my father also told me many, many years ago because he knew I when I was a kid, I had also dreams of being a star, but a different kind of star. Yeah. And my dad was like, you know, your our last name is a little tricky to pronounce. You might need to get a like pseudonym basically yeah. um so this was actually something that i had heard as a kid like it would be okay to get if i was to become someone like a news anchor like i thought i wanted to be when i was a kid um so i thought your name was like a cross between like sissy speak sick and christopher walken <laughs> mm -mm. Love that. i actually that don't I, I don't know that I especially don't know Sissy Spacek's work enough. Obviously, I know Christopher I'm, Walken's. I'm like, I hope you know Carrie at least. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That matters. <laughs> okay, as long as that's the only one you need to know. That's honestly, I mean, my mom's a huge Sissy Spacek fan, but that's like the only one that matters. Okay, great. <laughs> Obviously, I seen Carrie. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's. It's fine. It's fine. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's a great movie. It's like not one. It's not some a movie that I watch like all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I've seen it once. I like. Um. I love Christopher Walken. Um, in SNL stuff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, cowbell. Like, come on. Uh, it's just everything he does. He's delightful. But uh, I also love I love the Natalie Wood story. Oh, oh Lord! Oh God! <laughs> Every time people bring up Christopher Walken, I'm like, yeah, but can we talk about Natalie Wood? <laughs> oh, we love a true crime. Oh. Yeah, I mean that was uh, our last episode on this podcast. So, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's for that last one. So we'll speaking of celebrities, you I remember first seeing you doing Amy Winehouse, and that's obviously an impersonation you've done early in your career. How did that all happen? So I was doing Amy, um, I first started doing that uh, at the Stonewall one night for Polish the Queen. Ah. I had been working on this. I had um, Kenneth, Perspective Beats, build this hair for me. I was like, I have these wigs. This is how I want them to go together. He put them together. He made me this thing. And I was reaching out to people to help me like do some vocal training and no one got back to me. And um, <laughs> I know, so I just kind of like, tried to work on some things of my own and mm -hmm. took some training I had from college in dialects and started applying it to singing and started really listening like hardcore to what she was doing not just like as an as a regular listener who like cries but like you know like a technician so mm -hmm. listening to the small boop 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 like all those small things that she would do and eventually thought I was ready to try it out. I'd been lip syncing nonstop every week at all these drag shows, at all these little fucking competitions. And I did Amy that night and I won. The week, that week at Polish was the first time I ever won anything was at the Stonewall and was uh, everyone who was there was really supportive of me. Phil Chanel and Christy Blaze and Fifi and Godiva. Um, they were folks who were there to see the sissy at the beginning and Tuesdays were always a better day for me to go do drag um, because I had was working in the neighborhood and so I always was going to polish every week and um, they really like lifted me and said like no baby this is what you're supposed to do uh, ah, they were like they were like you're not a dancer you're a singer and you're a, you are that storyteller that you wanted to be yeah um, and that's where I met DJ Chauncey through that show. And then everyone at the Stonewall, who I call fam. And uh, and then I did a bunch more competitions and lost every single one. But you did win one. And we're going to put a little commercial break in between and talk about it. When we yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we're at a good time to take a break. Yeah. And we'll get right back into that. So yeah. we'll be right back, kids. Bye. Wait, did you say wait? <laughs> Wig, okay. 
that was such a long break. So long. <laughs> Those messages were really important. Too. Yeah, super important. Super, super important. I'm a busy, busy business woman. Apparently. <laughs> Send all good vibes to Martyr. Oh my God! Upcoming week. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but yes, let's get back into Sissy. Um, Stonewall. Um, I I remember seeing the infamous video of you winning Miss Stonewall fifty. I believe it was fifty, right? Yeah. That's um, right. It was. How was that experience? Uh, you want to talk about? things coming full circle so much had come full circle in that moment from every competition i had tried to win and lost to every bit of my journey from being a kid in new jersey who was trying to figure out where they were supposed to go in this world to like realizing in that moment you were in the right spot and you made the right choices and you got to the place you were meant to be doing the right thing doing the thing you were supposed to do um it is the biggest piece of pride i have as a queer person um and there probably will be nothing else that comes in my life that could possibly match what it means to uh to just have the the ability to get to represent the bar and the landmark um I guess I kind of still do, but I, you know what you I mean? You do! <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do, but at the same time, um, they, you know, things are just opening up again, and it's, I, I, I do as much as I can, but I feel like at this point, we really should be on to another person. I um, think that competitions are going to not happen for a little bit. Just It's just too many other people involved i don't i don't think they will happen either and i mean we still continue to do the work and i will obviously be miss stonewall 2019-50 for whatever and ever however how long <laughs> to do the i am not obviously i'm not stepping down without a replacement at all but oh, i yeah, of course. do think i do think we're due time for a replacement and i do believe that that person should be a a queen of color um or um a non cis presenting man when he's out of drag um you know um i just think i just think like it's time and i think it's time to pass the torch on i've seen so many queens come through like that i'm like yeah it would be amazing if you could have this opportunity so you could do the outreach work that you've wanted to do, right? I see people with big hearts in the community that all they need is a platform to be able to get access to resources. Um, I've been grateful to have those opportunities and work with Sylvia's Place. And um, I got to speak at a UN uh, panel, uh, not a panel, a um, a ceremony for uh, refugees, uh, for queer uh, refugees. And... Um, so they're keep like let's continue that let's continue opening those doors for queer artists who are looking to make a change i think hibiscus and i um both kind of changed that title from being something that you just compete for in a talent show to something that you run for as a message like the, that it means something to the community when this person takes on this this uh, this position and that they have some type of wielding power right you you don't you don't demand power you earn it and i think the succession of girls over time have really worked to earn respect for what they do as an artist what they do as a community builders and so now it's time to give that to somebody else who is committed to that fight you know i i'm, I'm anxious to do it not to take anything off my back but to make that more change and you do that by changing because change is good <laughs> you should run as like um the next marty gold cummings oh i love marty <laughs> and everyone everyone should vote for marty um it, i volunteered for, are, um, if you're district seven if you're yeah and if you're district seven you're voting for marty if you're district 22 please vote for tiffany caban um and if you are uh, the Health Kitchen District, you're going to vote for Eric Botcher. And if you are Queens uh, District with Sunnyside and Woodside, uh, that's District 26. You're voting for Amit Baga for City Council because we need a progressive and a queer City Council because all of these amazing people like Jimmy Van Brammer um, and Corey Johnson are 
being term limit out. So that's the fight for New York right now. Um, okay. And that, there's a lot of people in the primaries. In yeah, and this is also a mayoral year. Um, yep. and, and it's going to be a governor year for New York. So New York, we really, we have it on ourselves now to take control again of our government. Um, I'm so very- y'all got to vote. It's not in November, y'all. It's in like June. <laughs> June. If you're a registered Democrat, if you have not registered yet, do it. (laughs) If you're not registered, uh, private message me and I will direct you to uh, a way that we can get you signed up. I have papers, like the voting registration papers. So all you have to do is uh, fill it out and mail it and uh, things will start to happen. I still still vote in Florida, so I can't. (laughs) All of these races, because I'm registered in Staten Island, pretty much don't like have anything to do with me but if you're a brooklyn queens manhattan based 100 mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no but also at the same time you but stay in staten island. you stay in staten island and you stay in florida <laughs> no exactly exactly uh, yeah especially uh i had come from a uh dangerous district i guess in terms why of, uh just the people that come out of it are oh. uh what, gross criminals? and corrupt. No, oh, they're gross and corrupt. Yeah, they're so gross. same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same thing. But um, yeah. Um, so from one historic venue to another, you've done a lot of work with the Lori Beachman Theater. I'm. It's kind of like I don't know what's going on with it right now. With um. So they <laughs> they raised a significant amount of money on their New Year's Day show. Oh great! Um, they had an amazing lineup of people um, get, uh, show face and then people, a lot of great people gave money um, and God bless them and good for them. Um, they are, they should be here forever. Uh, Agreed. I'm, I cannot believe that the Lori Beachman is a place that I get to say I cut my teeth at. Yeah. That is, that is like what the well it was so fuck? unusual because it's usually like much more like seasoned performers like more like gay household names i and know you there was like incredible <laughs> yeah and it was a lot of pressure and i did a lot of it by myself and then i had aria help me a lot with just like getting from place to place and there's um, no backstage. <laughs> there's no backstage. I have assisted projects there. <laughs> and then we did The Simpsons there. Um, yes. And that was a project that I had kind of... They wanted me to do something with Marge because Chip Duckett came to see Iconic. And that's how he saw Marge and Amy in the same night. And was like, ah. you can do both of these things. And, you know, I'd done the Amy and they liked it. And they were like, you know, we're still waiting for Marge. And I was like... So I talked to them and I was like, look, I cannot do a solo show by myself as mm-hmm. much. Like, I think this is a family story. I think that it's all of them. You have to give me the, the space and the grace to do this. Yeah. And they said, okay. And so the five of us worked together and put this really unbelievable production of The Simpsons out. And I couldn't have been more proud of it. Um, it was at moments like, sloppy and unpolished but it had all the potential uh and the writing that we did together as a team while challenging to do was ultimately worth it um i don't remember a time in recent memory getting those kind of big laughs and applause since working in like high school or community-based theater um and to be getting those laughs in a New York City venue was like, oh fuck, we are we did something cool here. And you guys were super successful. It kept like selling out and like mm-hmm. doing more dates. So funny story, first night we ever did it, we sold eleven tickets. Oh no. <laughs> Angela Mansbury was in the front row <laughs> and was our biggest fan. Mm-hmm. and loved it and went and told people and sherry poppins was also there the first night mm-hmm. and loved it and told people and it was a word of mouth kind of growth we had this beautiful visual package that emmy gray did for us mm-hmm. and um we had like kind of this idea of like explaining like what the show was and people were like what and then 
we did it and we got it filmed and then word of mouth started building and then our last two shows sold out and that was it just like was so awesome to see the community show up and be like oh yeah this is fucking great and i'm so glad i got to see this um and it's a huge accomplishment because i've worked with the laurie beachman kind of extensively and certain drag race girls who have the big names they cannot sell it out (laughs) they um some girls do some girls don't yeah so Um, you should you guys should be very very proud of yourselves we are proud of ourselves we want to do more with it we hope to yeah would you bring it back to the beachman if we do always we've had talks of other types of shows we want to do (laughs) One of them is the Treehouse of Horror. <gasps> That'd be so good. We would call it, obviously, the Clubhouse of Doom. Um, <laughs> terror. <laughs> of terror. Uh, uh, something where we just can't get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, we have some few ideas. I will say the one idea that I have. I'm not going to give away the rest of my Ooh. team's ideas. But the one idea I have is to obviously recreate the iconic uh, Marge getting impregnated from the aliens in the first Treehouse of Horror. That's where you first meet the aliens as Marge gets pregnant with Maggie from them. Um, so there's like a whole there's a whole scene to have there. Uh, <laughs> and I kind of know who I'd want to play the to play the aliens. Um but we'll see where it happens. We'll see what happens when it happens, if it happens. But we love our It'll show. It'll happen. It'll happen. We have, I mean, look, there's so many cool things to still touch with that, like, that we didn't get to touch. We love the idea of Malibu Stacy. Where does yes. she play into this? We really only got to touch on Malibu Stacy. Um, we only just got to talk about Edna Kravapal. We did not include Cat Lady. Like, as a show that's very dominated by male characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, uh, we have, we are trying to focus on all the women, but like, then again, opens this opportunity to bring, uh, our drag king friends on board to play some of these men, uh, because there are so many of them, uh, and, uh, build it and expand it and, uh, continue grow, 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 right? Like that's the goal of everything. Um, but again, the, what did the pandemic teach us folks in time? with time mm-hmm. and you've been pretty busy during the pandemic figuring out how to do drag we're gonna take a little break and talk about that when we come back we'll be right back kids Bye. wig okay And we're back, kids. We're back. Such a long break as usual. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same for everyone who listens. (laughs) I know. Um, Once we get those ad spots, though. I know, right? (laughs) I I think Bob and Monet are making some serious bank. And their Patreon, like, they're making, I think they hit 10,000, like, followers on Patreon. Mm -hmm. Something insane. Maybe we should switch to Anchor, because, or one of the podcast apps, you can um, ask for ads and you can get start getting paid for it and it's just like an app that you use like uh recording device so we'll look into it that's yeah. on you <laughs> hey i don't l- know what that is listen <laughs> zoom's 15 dollars a month and mama's I know. broke <laughs> i know i well i don't mind helping pay for that i know but we'll figure it out okay anyway <laughs> that's probably not getting included so, oh it is <laughs> oh okay welcome back <laughs> so sissy's been busy in quarantine you did your digital show penne for your thoughts yep i what did was that about <laughs> um it was a cooking show in my kitchen where uh i was just making some of my favorite things teaching y'all how to do it and um giving you my advice as we go along um it had a lot of potential and then ultimately flopped i was you know, building something at the top of pandemic and my mind was all nuts and I was working with a guy who um, we didn't work well together as we learned. And um, it happens. I now realize what that show could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are other people who do it though. You and can always really, bring your own sissy twist. 
of course, but I really like what I'm doing now. Okay. Uh, and that is where I would like to focus my interests more instead of trying to bring back something that doesn't need to come back yet. Mm. You know what I mean? No one's clamoring for it in the same way that I feel I'm getting attention on this about the, uh, the, I don't know, the, the unusual nature that is drag box TV. Yeah. What it is that we do every Wednesday. And the show is we play Jackbox TV games live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch for everyone's viewer enjoyment. And we bring some of your favorite, uh, you know, drag queens and queer people on and um, just relax. You know, we like let go for a few, two hours and we just play games and we don't, uh, have to be so serious and it doesn't have to be a drag that's so physically intense um and you don't girls don't even have to get into drag but i'm honored when they do put on a face because at least we can all take pictures um and uh i love a drag box is just the coolest like way to get people together in a space virtually uh still say you're doing drag and uh still get to socialize and uh, a lot of times there's been a lot of things i've realized one is that drag queens actually like each other some of them in person um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. And, they, they act and, like they do but then they talk shit about each other <laughs> yeah but ultimately i think there are a lot of people who do make some really good friendships oh, and yeah, a lot of times in this business you don't get a chance to like hang out with those folks unless you're working with them every night and how many folks get to work every night um, so there's just a limit on what, uh, was allowed, right? How many nights a week you could work was only a, is only contingent upon how many shows and venues there are in New York, uh, producing drag shows and willing to produce them. And with virtual drag, that changed entirely. Um, and I think it's smart to not let go of that as we start to reopen, um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, yes, I'd much rather watch it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, for many reasons, right? People don't want, people want to support you in the middle of the week, but like they got work the next day. Oh my God, the struggle is so real. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm about to start a job where I start at uh, eight in the morning. I'll be up at six o'clock. Like, yep. I'm not going to have time to go to the bar, especially Hell's Kitchen or the West Village. That's crazy for Why you. Why is Hell's Kitchen so far away? Like, I live on the east side. I don't even live that far away from it, and it's still far. <laughs> and it's hard to be going to these bars, and then, like, if you're if you're sober, right, like, there's, mm-hmm. there is, like, alcohol all around you. Yeah. If you try to drink casually, but, like, you know, have responsibilities... It's also hard because you don't want to drink too much, but you don't want to not support the venue. So weekdays can be hard for people. The bar situation can be hard for people. As much as I love the bars, I get why it's why it's limiting. And I think virtual drag kind of opens those doors and allows yeah. more people in. Um, it was it was a message that I had when I won Miss Stonewall, which is uh, no matter who you are, where you come from, as long as there's love in your heart, there's a place for you at the Stonewall. Well, then look what happened. You know, mm-hmm. now, if you love this, if you love this world, you can be part of it and not have to be 21 years old to enter a space. Right. Yeah. Look at what this does for younger audiences. Mm-hmm. Many of these places, as Emmy Great has pointed out before, are not uh, uh, ADA accessible. So um, True. what are you? Well, this leaves a disabled community out of uh, queer spaces many of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, look what virtual drag has done. And we're, I don't think it's a smart idea to let that go. I don't think so. Um, it doesn't work. Well, I think you're like Dragbox is a different take on digital drag because I find most digital drag to be a little bit exhausting. But I like Dragbox because it's more like it's not just people performing to a camera, it's like mm-hmm. games that are interactive. And it's just a fun kiki time. Like, it's a different take on what digital drag could be. Because I feel like digital drag seems very limiting, but you figured out a way to, like, push past those limits. Thank you. Um, I agree with your sentiment about some of these virtual drag shows being exhausting. I do not. <laughs> I, I don't think it's wise to do the same kind of show to the camera. Agree. Um, I agree. Unless you like have a background in doing it and can do it well, but 
the average, you know, run of the mill performer probably doesn't have like editing skills, lighting skills, all of that. Uh, I'm talking about live shows. I'm talking about oh, live, live shows. Gotcha. Live shows. I mean, you see these girls doing live shows, doing the bop, 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 oh, bop, yeah. bop, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I don't know, just like, I'm missing why you're doing this. I'm missing <laughs> the excitement of it being in the venue and like actually my physical safety being threatened. Like that's part of it. Girls. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think digital drag peaked when the girl fell asleep on live and was <laughs> live for like several, I think hours after that point. I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> she but made so much money though. Yeah, that was, I, I forget her name off the top of my head, but um, an iconic moment. And that's when we should have stopped doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no it was pretty amazing it was uh um but i wanted to say because um you had us on drag box back in january and uh i think i can speak for both me and caitlin that we enjoyed the experience a lot and it was yeah. very kind for you to reach out but i loved what your sentiment that night um when you said it was like a community builder for other performers in the scene and such especially since um ours is like right after the Capitol riot um so yep. Uh, it was much needed at that point to have like a community backbone. Um, so I think what you're doing with Dragbox is um, very commendable and very needed in this in this time. And I and I'm honored that so many folks have taken the step and have said yes. I can't tell you how many folks leave me on red. Yep. Um, I'm sure. I mean, you know what? I'm probably speaking to the right people. I know. I know more. I probably know more than anybody. (laughs) Um, You know, when you're an independent young artist without much of a following trying to bring folks together, uh, a lot of the times, right, you don't get that same uh, respect from people. I think some of this has come from that title that I have. And like I said, let's pass that down to somebody. Because now if a girl who doesn't have a title now gets her first, amazing. Now people will start to like look at her a little differently. People who have been in the business will want to understand her a little more uh, or, or him or them. Right. Uh, And I, and I hope and I hope we can get to that because I think that's kind of what the idea of pageantry uh, could be so successful at. But like, I'm going to say it. I don't care who hears it. Some of this pageantry in person has been irresponsible. Mm. Like fully. And they know who they are. And I'm not calling any pageants out by name. And I would like to one day compete in some of these pageants. But this was not the time and i'm not afraid to say it i understand oh we took precautions and we're safe guess what there are people who are not able to enter because of physical conditions and you're going to make this an ableist moment where people who have physical strength and and are willing to take the risk and have the flexibility to take that risk uh to compete um you're again leaving out a segment of your entertaining base. You're, I, I think it's irresponsible. I think it's non-inclusive. I think it should be called out for what it is. I'm actually shocked that with all the outrage that the gay community likes to have about bullshit, that they would not say anything about this. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's too much. I think it's too much. We want to talk about, you know, that person from season 12 a lot. But we never want to, but we never want to actually like address like that issue. Like we never, we just want to hear more gossip, but we don't want to like fix the loophole that like allowed that to happen. Yeah. Um, because we don't want to talk about it. Um, and that's what Dragbox is doing to like loop back, right? Like yeah. it allows these doors to be open where now we can have this conversation because we got closer on a on a silly little game show that led to that. And there are people who have never worked together on the sh- or never met each other, but before the show, now they know each other. What relationships will those spark? Because certain people and certain groups of nightlife kind of steer the conversation all the time 100 <laughs> percent. and i just don't think life is worth living according to someone else yeah um and if there's people who have smart things to bring to conversations let's let them share that right like yeah. fuck i just think that, like nightlife is new york city is so so um 
segment it's not just segment. it's separate it's it's divided oh, it's it's not it, it doesn't allow for voice um so i'm i'm liking i like our show i like what we do and we're going to continue to do it for as long as i can and as long as i want to and now we are family members because we are all part of the work.com family <laughs> yes i'm now uh, the wednesday night show for work tv on youtube yeah. um and that's really cool uh and i've kind of been granted the, like free reign of wednesdays that's so, right uh, there's gonna be, <laughs> gonna be a few more things um aria and i are gonna launch a show that we're tentatively calling board queens as oh, we play okay. board games Ooh. um and then we want to bring other people like like this will be more like a one camera live in person kind of thing where we're in the same space and friends come over and we're playing things like Ticket to Ride or Monopoly or Candyland or Sorry or Be a Broadway Star um, and like doing that on a Wednesday night. Um, and so now that things are opening again and people can be in person, we can do a show like that where we can play these games because that's where this all started. I don't yeah. think I got to explain that. Yeah. Aria and I and Pussy Willow and Andy Starling had this idea of four board queens. Mm -hmm. and that was where this came from we wanted to do it pandemic hit and then we didn't really think of how we could do it you know andy had to be cautious uh i was working um they were uh being cautious for their own reasons so like we didn't get to build it we didn't know how to start yeah. i started a drag box we're like but we still want to do this so now it's a way for us to do the thing we always wanted to do with the world being the way it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> so what would be the best advice you've ever been given about drag? Um, one, don't get caught dead without earrings. <laughs> <laughs> Hear that, Martyr? <laughs> I have one now. I don't know. <laughs> you can wear clip-ons. Like, I'm going to tell you my story. I say it all the time. Uh, I met Junior Mint, and I was like, oh, oh, perfect. There's this one right here. I need that one. Um, so I met Junior Mint at this show, and I was like, this bitch is a spectacular star. And um, we were, like, doing the thing, and she's about to go on stage without earrings. And I was like, you need earrings. So I gave her, I had a gold pair of these, and I gave them to her to put them on. She looked beautiful, better than me, always. And uh, so, uh, I don't know, I just felt like that was a moment where I made a really good friend by doing something, a piece of drag advice. Uh, but, like, <laughs> the best drag advice I ever gotten was, I guess, from Chrissy Blaze, which was always, like, be yourself and be true to yourself. Um, take care of yourself like it, drag is really and this is why maybe we are so segmented and divided but for people who have the capacity to do this long term there really has to be an individual focus there has to be a focus on your own health your own sense of being outside of the clothes and the and the the face right um and that goes back into that loophole I mentioned of like certain people rise so fast and like certain things aren't being dealt with. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to be celebrating four years of drag in May, but I've wanted to see a therapist for all four of those years. And why did it just take me until January of this year? You know, so where there are it is. But that is part of the journey. And as drag queens, we get to live that. And you don't have to go so fast. You don't. You just get to. You just, you get to do you on your own terms. Uh, Polish the Queen really was that competition that taught me that. And that, that, that circle of people, you know, all the judges, they had all these old school queens that I've met through that. And I don't want to call them old school and then give them names because they're going to be like, I am not old. But, <laughs> you know, and they know who they are if they remember who I am. But um, I remember all the advice that all these pageant girls gave me, you know. Because it's about, it's not, doing drag uh, is, to me, uh, I'll speak for myself, it is about your human connection mm -hmm. to the world. Um, and so if you are depressed and if you are anxious, that will reflect on your drag. Um, that's not necessarily a terrible thing. Um, 
it's a everything is a learning thing but it is so much like stemmed in like your relationship to the world and people around you and things happening and um what a cool fucking thing to get to do right is there anything else is there anything else like that where like the work that you create is really so stemmed in day-to-day world like music can be edited songs can be rewritten you put on your face and you go out and the moment you step outside it's done you you can change it but that other moment still existed permanently that is some deep shit (laughs) it definitely reflects a lot of what (laughs) i think about drag as well as someone who consumes Mm -hmm. martyr it's your moment that's my this is my moment don't steal it away okay here's allowed one question per one episode. question one question per episode <laughs> like i said it's in my contract um miss <laughs> sissy can you give us a story that um like what's one nightlife story or something you've seen in nightlife that like sticks in your brain as something crazy mem- memorable um insane give us something juicy give us something tantalizing um how about the first invasion i had at stonewall where people thought lady gaga was supposed to be there that night (laughs) (laughs) there was some type of rumor that she was going to do a pop-up concert at the stonewall i'm not kidding there was another tweet that went out oh this blonde girl all covered up walked in and that was me I had this show and I had worn my blonde hair that I wore to Miss Stonewall and I put my sunglasses on because Chauncey was like, where are you? And I was like, I'll be there in a few minutes. Like it was a six o'clock or it was an hour before the show. And I was like, I'll be there in like 20 minutes. And he's like, it's being packed. And I was so nervous. My first solo show at the Stonewall, wall to wall people. Because they expect lady fucking God. Some homo had a pink cowboy hat that fucking oh lit God. up. Okay. <laughs> it was the season of Joanne and they were into it. And I was like, uh... and Chauncey was like, you have to just give them the show that you came here to do. And I did. And I forget what my, I think my first number was my Miss Stonewall mix. And then, um, then probably my Celine Dion one. I'm not. Oh no. Um, I think it was. I I think about you, Patty Labelle. Um, and I was like, this is this fucking show I came to open with y'all. Um. So that was that was. Oh, we did the whole show, and it was a beautiful night. And we were talking family, and I, you know, I had all my sisters backstage with me. We were talking family, and um just doing it and living life you know what i mean just living like doing the best we could um and i had fun with it and i missed doing shows in person really bad but that was that was a great uh memory of nightlife i'll never forget i feel like there's obviously so many other things i've seen i've seen octavia anye hold on to the two railings of the steps at stonewall going down into the seating area of the second floor and she literally spun like hands like this on the railing and then her legs were spinning in a fucking circle like she was doing like the most intense pilates like (laughs) fucking reformer machine work you've ever seen uh and and it was to uh the last the big love on uh and i'm telling you i'm not going like you're gonna love and chauncey just fucking pressed like cycle repeats so the note was being held forever and ever and ever and ever and octavia anye is like spinning her fucking legs like a goddamn washing machine (laughs) or over the steps in the second floor and I and she won the lip sync. She beat Zaria, and it was like such a close lip sync because Zaria is an assassin on the stage, and it was contested. People were like, "No way!" And I was like, "Oh my god!" It was it that was a wild fucking showdown. Um, God, what else? I've seen I've seen people fight at Barracuda like in the middle of people's numbers. I've seen Tina, <laughs> I've seen Tina Burner flip the f out. I would have wanted um, to mess with Tina. I've seen Shaquita kick people out of the front row. 
like I, everyone's seen that. I certainly have. <laughs> um, I've seen. God, I haven't seen. I mean, I've seen enough. But I haven't seen everything. <laughs> um, I think you're good. <laughs> yeah, I got. I mean, I miss it. I miss it all. I can't wait to get back and see things. Yeah. Maybe you know. I know, right? Uh, I was at the Rosemont the other day for the first time in like a year, and that was just surreal. So. I, I'm glad things are opening it up, but um, it's going to take some time before it feels normal again. Yep. But, yeah. And that's it. That's all you can do is just wait and, and, and then do what you can do. So our last question is, where do you want to take your drag in the future? I think the future of the American home is growing exceedingly queer. And I think uh, that is where I want to take my drag to be a household name. Um, And in what capacity, I don't know. Um, Am I on television? Am I making a product that sells somewhere? Am I, I, I don't know. Am I still, am I still singing at venues and going around the country? Wouldn't that be nice? but I don't know. I just know that that's what needs to happen. That's what informs the work. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's no uh, there's no other thing I think is more important to focus on for my drag except you know uh, reach people, reach people, reach people where they're at. That's what politics is too. It's reaching people where they're at. It is not. Um, it is not always just standing in the back and making your own beautiful, crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not accessible, if it's not digestible, you know, you've just made it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And the the thing about art is that it's worth sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, ex, you know, it is, it is always worth sharing. As personal as some things may feel, like part of sharing it tells that story or I don't know um that's just I just uh fucking love this life you know I love I love what I do and I'm gonna continue to do it in the same way I've done it before uh hopefully you know a little more uh making a little more money that's it amen to that (laughs) (laughs) oh god all I want is to make a little more money doing this so the struggle's real (laughs) This <laughs> wheel. Oh gosh. Um, well, thank you so much for coming yeah. on our little show. We thank you for having me. I love your show. I I just finished listening to your interview with Ruby. Um, oh yeah, it was. That intense. was so fascinating because <laughs> I mean, yes, it was intent. I but like, who knew what kind of an amazing individual she is? Like. Mm-hmm her story you know like yeah. tell stories uh god there's so many musicals about stories that make me think of moments like like this like like what we're doing right like things like shows like hamilton and aida where there's so much focus about the history of your life and and how it's told and who it's told by and yep. and um who lives who dies before we go, I just want to, I, if I could make this quick point and kind yeah, of and close this up. I, I heard this argument this morning about the Gen Zers trying to cancel Eminem. Oh, I, of course. <laughs> Based on the song with Rihanna from all of this time ago, about 10 oh, years wow. ago. <laughs> you remember the song, amazing. Love the Way You Lie, where he I listened that. to that song a lot. I, it's, mm-hmm. It was always problematic. You know, it was, but Rihanna had always said, like, um, and I'm not trying to put words in her mouth, but that yeah. this was a song that tells the truth and it was a reflection about a time of her life that she lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a truth-telling moment. Um, yeah. And I think that whole part of that dialogue disappeared after 10 years. Mm-hmm. And we're coming back now, like people are like questioning this and we have to rehab this conversation. And what it tells me is in a moment like that about where we've lost our sense of the discourse and mm-hmm. Uh, of of remembering the conversations we have. So we're not talking in circles. I see it in my personal life, and now I'm seeing it on a societal level, the macro and the micro. And ultimately, what we are telling to each other and the stories that we share are important to share and to continue to share and reshare because we can't lose them. We can't lose the stories of 
people like Crazy Season 12 Nutjob or the amazing stories of um, Rubidiculous, right? Like, mm-hmm. we get to hear both of these things in conjunction with ourselves because we as queer people have stories that are worth telling because we've lost generations who didn't get to tell their stories. So we must do this work all the time. And I thank y'all for having me because uh, this is this is the this is the shit. This is the good shit. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Um, where can the kids find you online? You can find me at all social media platforms at Miss Sissy Walken. That's M-I-S-S-C-I-S-S-Y because I love you and I hope you love me too. W-A-L-K-E-N. That's hey. it. <laughs> hey. um, I admit that I say it like I'm in the bars again. Um, I wish I could sign. I don't. I'm, that's another thing I've procrastinated on. One day I'll learn how to sign and be able to spell my name in ASL. M I S S C I S S Y W A L K. Is it E N? E N. Mark here is signing, by the way, the <laughs> audio <laughs> podcast. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> It's a it's a one little thing I like to flex every once in a while because I can do it. But um, yeah, I just watched a video of the uh, drag queens, the deaf drag queen uh, girls. They uh, they oh. make videos and they're they're like so cool. I like like watching them. Just, they're, <laughs> they're just a funny group of girls, and even though they're um, they're signing, like you don't miss out on any of the humor, or the shade, or you can mm-hmm. he- you you can still feel it. You know what I mean? You still. Mm-hmm. You're like, when she goes like this and like, you kind of hear, Ooh, like, I don't know. I hear it at least. It's, it's wonderful. It's the future of drag. Mm-hmm. So accessibility. I, I love that. Um, well, I was Martyr. I was C. Tepper. And this was Wig It Out. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm C. Tepper. You can follow me on Instagram at C-T-E-P-P-E-R and read my book, The State of Drag, where I interviewed 175 drag queens from around the world. All proceeds go to charity on Amazon.com. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DragTheMartyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, dick pics, send them to DragTheMartyr at gmail.com. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Pandora. And catch up with past episodes on work.com. That's W-E-R-R-R-K.com. Artwork for Wigging Out was provided by Glitter Baby Online. That's Glitter Baby Online. Thank you.